Dear Oprah, dear O-P-R-A-H, this is my gazillion time to write to you. I have written to you more times than Tim Robbins wrote to get his library into Shawshank's Redemption. And you know what? You probably put him on the show quicker than me. Dear Oprah, I can't put it any more eloquently. And I can't even use bad language because you're into God and all. Well, here goes Oprah. Ladies and gentlemen, you are more than welcome. Really, really delighted to have you here in the cafe for this yet another episode of the Coffee at Eleven show brought to you by Wigwam Global. Delighted to have you here. And in particular, delighted to have our very special guest this morning, friend of the show since season one, DQ. D, you need to unmute and then pop in and say hello and cheers us with your coffee mug, please. Good morning. Gurumahagut, it says. I love it. I love it. I love it. We'll go around the room later and ask uh, Kathy Mary, you need to Google that. Gurumahagut. We'll talk to you about it later on. Listen, it's lovely to have you here. Let me just tell you a little bit about DQ before we bring the lady in herself, if that's okay. So, name DQ, obviously. Business name, not really a business name per se, writer and creative facilitator. What do you do? I create, coach, and collaborate, CCC. And then she goes on, love this, I make magic happen. I think that's true. Any of us that know Dee, she makes magic happen for sure. She's 20 years as a coach and consultant, self-employed, but works with many, many, many other people. And Dee is a skilled storyteller and social advocate who strives to empower people authentically in their everyday lives. She's a motivational speaker for sure, creative writer drawing upon her Dublin roots. Looking forward to that. Uh, nice to be coming home there, Dee. And worldwide, worldwide ancient wisdoms. And her TEDx, there you go, ladies and gentlemen, you heard it here first. Her TEDx talk, Wisdom in the Cul-de-Sac, is now the theme of her first memoir. Oh, there's books coming out of the Coffee at 11 show at Eurasian Knots, which she has just completed. She also wrote and will perform a one-woman play called Why I Haven't Met Oprah Yet which was postponed due to COVID-19. She works passionately for women's issues all over Ireland and is a champion for social justice globally. And then something we didn't know about her, she won a trophy for being the only girl in a football league when she was 12 years old. No kidding, D. Dikyo, it's a joy knowing you. I'm so looking forward to, uh, to the chat this morning. So thank you for joining us. And uh, I know Betty is somewhere there in the background and we might, she might pop in later on and say hello. And if she doesn't, we'll, we'll get her again. But it's lovely to have you here, Dee. Um, tell us about little Dee, little Deirdre, as your mother would call you, back in the day, please. Little Dee was a devil, my mother would say. Um, I was always out, I was always up to stuff, always outside. Um, I'm sitting in the, in the front room looking at the cul-de-sac where when I was three, four, five, six, playing out there. So I was always out playing on the road. So the road was my world. I loved sports, loved football, loved basketball, um, loved going down the fields and climbing trees and bus, being busman on the swing and everybody jumping on. And um, quite um, um, insular, yet um, my imagination. We used to run shows in the garage there um, and we'd, give out my wadi and Marietta biscuits and we we charge a penny in to the shows. And um, yeah, just kind of really into everything. Always out, always out. When we were chatting the other day, just in, in, in advance of the show, you were telling me about a particular tree in the cul-de-sac there. Tell us more a little bit about that particular tree. You said it was very special. 
Yeah, I went over to the tree this morning and was in that on, and it gave me a present. It was on the ground. And I was saying to, um, I don't know, but when I was younger, I never knew it rained because we all, we never went in when it rained. You never wanted to go in. It was only years later when I moved to Kerry. I have a friend, Marion, and uh, she's on here and she'd say, um, Dee, I'll drive you to there. It's raining. And I'd look up. And, I, and I, I don't know about, was it a Dublin thing? But once you were out, you never wanted to come in. So we used to sit underneath that tree over there for years. And I was saying to Colm, we never, like, we never defaced it. We never wrote on it. We never, we just sat on it. And the tree, and we'd sit there for hours and it'd be raining. And we'd say, where's Kenneth? And someone says, ah, he's not coming out. And we'd just go, all right. And we just, we just all just sat under the tree. So... I started, when I came home, I started, the tree is about 40 foot or 50 foot. And when I'm upstairs in the office, I look over at it and I feel it looks at me and says, there, there. And my good friend, um, Father Pat Moore, he had a good friend called John O'Donoghue. You'd know him. He wrote amazing stuff. But John O'Donoghue maintained that when somebody died and... um, Jeez, I didn't even know I was going to say this, but when, what they did was they brought the they brought the body back to where they lived, and I used to think it was because the person could say goodbye to the place, but John O'Donoghue maintained that it was for the place to say goodbye to you, and I've never forgotten that, and since I've come back to the cul-de-sac, I feel the place has welcomed me like. For this morning, like I walked the cul-de-sac, I went right around and I talked to Betty and Betty Dowling and Paddy and the oh, there's the Purcells and all, you know, the Burns and the Doyles and I, I know them all. And um, do you know how we used to go asleep at night? We used to name all the kids on the road. So we'd start off with the coins and you'd name, you'd do all the all the kids' names and then you'd go to the Joneses, to the Walshes and you'd name them all. Because there was always loads of kids. So the cul-de-sac and the tree um, and the places, I think I said it in my TED talk, but I didn't know, can I just say, I didn't know any of this till I got to get the chance to revisit it. And, um, but it's like, they're in re- you're in relationship with things that you don't know you're in relationship with and 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 COVID I, I heard somebody say it I, I, some poet I can't remember but COVID slowed us down to the to the pace of poetry and that makes that 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 kind of has helped me a lot you know you know it, it 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 sure has. I was watching the love heart emojis. They've started. There's another one. They've just started so early in the Cotton Eleven show today. D. I knew this was going to be a cracker. I love that. There, there. The tree seems to be saying there, there. Yeah. Isn't that just lovely? Yeah, that's just beautiful. And you also said something about uh, sure it never rained when we were kids, but kids don't. They don't. You know, they don't see weather. They just don't. You know, yeah. ma, let me out. Well, at least that that's the way it was back in the day. Never, never felt a bit rain. <laughs> In fact, in my in my case on the north side as well, it was it was stay out there. Come you come in for your tea. That'll be it. So we we got on with it. Uh, but Dee, come here. It's joyful already just listening to you and uh, those early uh, lessons that you didn't even know you were learning. Yeah. As you said, that you've only reawakened to since you went back. So will you bring us to Kerry? 
Yeah, sure. Uh, and then bring us back to the cul-de-sac, please. Yeah, I'd love to. Um, so ju just to say briefly, I, I was thinking, I left here at 19. I was married at 20 because I thought, and no disrespect, everyone just got married in our day, you know. Um, but And I came back at 56, do you know? And actually, when I came back, I didn't know that everything I, everything I needed, I actually had when I was 19, but I didn't know. Um, so I left and I got into, uh, I was always a good swimmer. So I, I, I got a job, there's nine corporation pools and I got a job in, in um, Ballyfermot swimming pool and I was in Tara Street, there's nine swimming pools, I was a lifeguard. And uh, I think that's kind of a metaphor for life. I think I have to say of everybody, but I was a very good swimmer. But I always wanted to go back. I always wanted to be a social worker, but I wasn't really that good in school. I didn't really like school, as in I didn't like the learning, the petrol pump poured it in. But actually, when I got back into education, then um, I have an insatiable knowledge for learning. I was saying to Nadia there, um, I think when you go back to education, you never know when enough is enough. Like I never, even though I have, I did, I, I got to go to Trinity. I got to, I got to do fantastic stuff, but I never think I've reached it. And I think it's because I didn't go the traditional route. But now I realize actually, what do they say? That has been kind of the making of me as such. But I, I always, I, I, I had very, I was always able to attract. I'm very good networker. I didn't know this. But I do everything out of necessity. I don't think, like if I have to write a play, I didn't know I couldn't write, I just write it. If I was to set up a soccer academy, I just set it up. If I to, I ran, I piloted um, a program called Young, a Young Mother's Program in Ancasan in, in um, Tala, that's kind of still running now. And like we would have had um, Dr. Anne Louise Gillian, who since passed and, and, and um, Catherine Sapone, who was the senator at that time, but they they set up this organization where it was the model of education that if you had had it in school, they recognized that when you that when you came to a class that you brought a, a certain amount of richness anyway, and they were able to actually draw that from you. So as a result of that, I kind of talked my way in, into places, and I, I really mean it. You would I wouldn't be confident i'm confident for everybody else but to kind of to promote myself i wouldn't be the best so it, it hasn't really bothered it hadn't really held me back as such but i was working in tala at the time and i had since been married and separated and my son was 13 and i remembered that i was saving half a tala and his father was he was a care worker he was doing the same and one one evening with nobody to babysit Sean because I was doing something for the community and so was um, my ex-husband at the time. And the two of us said, there's something wrong here, you know? And I remember then saying I needed to kind of re-evaluate. Re and as a result of that, I had embarked on, you know, I, I started doing teaching aerobics, I was teaching swimming, and then I got into complementary medicine and, you know, so I was in, I was dabbling at a lot of stuff and I knew I kind of, the pace at which I was working, because in community development, it's the need, when you're answering people's needs, it's insatiable and you can never fix. And I always wanted to fix. 
And I do, didn't realise that. Do you, mind, do you mind if I come in here because no. there's such richness that you're, that's pouring out of you, Dee? A couple of things that I just don't want to uh, let go, if you don't mind. Um, you said something, I'm paraphrasing based on something else I heard, but you said something about, uh, and, and the paraphrase is, don't let schooling interfere with your education. Yeah. Right? You know, traditional school, uh, the traditional way we teach people the petrol pump idea yeah. is just not working, hasn't been working for decades and needs changing. Um, I loved that you said, you, know, you, you sort of said, do you know if you have to write a play, you just get on and write it? I was thinking, who has to write a play? <laughs> Except DQ, but D goes on to say, sure, I didn't know I couldn't write it, so I just wrote it. I just think that's wonderful. Uh, didn't know I could set up a soccer academy, so I set one up. Yeah. And then the, the, the honesty with which you said, there was I saving the world, and my ex-husband was also saving the world, and who was saving our 13-year-old. So, you know, very real stuff, very real stuff indeed. Um, just I'm looking at so many people here in the cafe. It's wonderful to have you all here today. Busiest cafe uh, perhaps ever. Uh, and that tea is down to you. Uh, they all came to honour you this morning and on your story. And this is the, the Deaf Community Clap that we've adopted, thanks to Jamie Lazar. Um, but uh, it really is lovely to have you here, Dee. And um, the, 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 all the pictures around here just reminds me of what you said. We, we used to say goodnight to all the children on the road. Yeah. Sleep, right? I was like the Waltons, like Walton Mountain, right? I just think it's, 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 it's wonderful. So, come here. you're getting out of Tallinn now. You're heading down to Kerry. What? drew you to Kerry and what did you do down there before you came back? The first time I, I was, I was, um, I had piloted this young, young mother's program in, in uh, Kerry or in, in, in Dublin. It was called, it was um, funded by the Department of Social Welfare. I'll never forget a guy called Tony Geraghty, wherever he is, he gave me 90,000 pounds back then. That's over 20 years ago. We had one of our wonderful participants on it. I'm still friends with them. Lisa Roddy, I throw and Jenny O'Donnell and Laura. There's loads of great women. But one of them was Lynn Ruan. She's now a senator. And um, you'd know at 14 and at 15, at 16, when these young women came in, they were, they were young mothers. So their mothers were about 35 and 40 that were minding their mothers. And I remember looking at them thinking, what a way, what a, wouldn't it be great if we got these women into education? So this centre actually looked after your child and if the, the, the child went to the early learning centre and it wasn't even a crash. So the child is learning as well and the mother is learning. So the, the premise of Al Kassan was um, education eradicates poverty. What a great, um, you know, mission statement. Anyway, they went and did fabulous work, but I realised that, um, I had a 13-year-old son. What I learned from those young mothers was how much they love their kids. And they they and I, I remember writing a poem and I called the poem Me Book, Me Book. Because they say, Dee, I'm not giving up me book. And their book was their lone parent book. And it was like their lone. And that was their independence. And I remember learn, I remember being really struck how much they love their children. And I was teaching them and I was coordinating and I went, do you know what, the so from them I left and I went to Kerry and I went to Kerry and I, I sold my house um, and um, I got, um, at the time I sold it, it went within a week. You know that saying, when you make a decision, the universe conspires to support you. I'll never forget it. I got six grand over the odds. I'm going back 20 years. Six grand was loads. 
But sure, I go, but I go to Kerry in July, where to rent a house in July, you at the, in those days you'd pay about five hundred pound a week. Like you know, it was big money because it's Ballybunion. But what happened was my friend who was in this rented accommodation, she did this rural resettlement and didn't they give her a house? So I went into her house, it's like, boom, the door opened, boom, and I go in and I'm in this eight bedroom house, me and my son, with, there's all bed, upstairs in it. It's like a bit, I think it might've been like, a, it was like a hostel. I'm in this overlooking the Atlantic Ocean with a 13 year old son who, didn't want to be that, you know, when it was great to make the idea to come to Kerry and then he's missing all his friends because we lived in Tallaght where you had access. And I remember moving there going, wondering what I was going to do, but outside the house they had, you know, those um, reeds, the, they're, they're wild big reeds that grow, but it was almost like any time I was distraught, I used to look out at the, it was, it was on a, a big acre, like it was, like it was too big, like it was out of my league, kind of. And I remember looking at the reeds. And I think I told Marion this story. Do you remember that, Mar? And 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 the reeds, it's like the reeds just went there, there, there. Like I'll never forget it. So I kind of knew I was home, but I had no language. And then I ended up getting, I used to listen to Rattlebag every day. I, I turned real arty and because I didn't have to work. I was spending all my money, like not to announce a sense that I, you know, nothing. And um, I kind of re-educate. I, I, then I trained to be a therapist, I trained to be a psychotherapist. And um, I met this guy, I met Father Pat Moore, who changed my life incredibly. He was, as I said, he was a friend of John O'Donoghue's. And I tell you what he taught, I, I was saying it to my mom this morning. What will I say? What will I say? But I tell you what Father Pat taught me. He'd, I, he'd say, he, he lived in the day and the now. He'd just joy, you know? And he'd say, um, and the gas thing is I didn't even go to mass. Do you know what I mean? But anyway, he was my friend. I met him and he said, um, I'd say, yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I was always reading. And, he, and I'd say, God, have you got that book? And he'd just give it to you. So I stopped telling him I liked things. I just kept going home with loads of stuff. And I remember saying, uh, oh, I'm after reading John O'Donoghue's book, um, uh, say it was Benedictus or one of them. And, I'm, and he said, oh, he's a friend of mine. Oh, I said, I love him. I love him. I, you want, oh, he said, I'd ring him. And he'd ring and he'd go, John, I have a lovely woman here from Dublin who wants to stay. And he just threw the phone to me. And here I'm, eh, eh, and I, and he just, he seized the opportunity um, and taught me so much. I brought my mom to see him. I brought, oh, anyway, I just, anyway, I just, I just kept meeting these amazing people. So I wasn't working, um, and I was rearing my son and I used to go down and swim in the sea every day. And I always remember this woman, Mary Allen, you'd know, a really good, a great woman in Kerry. And then um, she used to say, the, my son, he'd be on the Mitch or something from school. And he'd say, he watch, he sees you down at the beach every day in your, in your wetsuit. And, and sometimes we forget. I love the sea so much, but the people in Ballybunion forgot how lovely it was. You know, that sort of way where you can forget and I had this kind of, I'd go in and I'd just swim every day. And I used to put the wetsuit on, driving Sean to school. And he said, Ma, don't, don't make a show of me with that wetsuit on you. And I, I'd have to put my coat on over it because I wasn't able to get the, the hook of it on. And 
anyway, I went to Kerry and I just was, I was brought home somehow, you know, it, 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 it kind of housed me. And I met Marion there um, and the two of us, and, and you know what, and I hope she doesn't mind, I met Marion with a broken heart and I had a broken, two of us were two broken hearted, like, and we, I'd have me feet on the dash like that, right? Marion's real brainy, right? And I'm, I, I'd be like that with the dash, and my feet on the dash. And we'd be saying, we'd be having these conversations where, because she was a real feminist and she'd have access to great language. I said, what's that mean, Mar? What's that? And I had a different kind of intelligence. And then we set up, we said, I used to think her knowledge, I'd want to share it with others. And then we set up a group called Queen Kerry Women's Interactive Network. And it was kind of getting women. I, I, oh, I ended up getting a job. I ended up creating what I was after running away from. Mortgage job, you know, like bananas, like nuts. Like I have it. I was talking to Eilish one day and I tell you what, I have a PhD in mistakes and getting it wrong. Like talk about the wrong way to do it. I have a PhD in it and, and Eilish and I, I tell you, whatever, if you can go higher, we probably have a professorship in it. I know. But um, let, 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 me, let me you catch your breath there for two seconds, right? Yeah. Allow, allow us to catch up with you. Yeah. Allow I asked God to help me anyway, so I'm not taking responsibility for one. It's, <laughs> uh, it, it's wonderful. It's wonderful stuff. Uh, authenticity just oozes out of you. I don't think you could be any other way. Uh, I love the, the, the dashboard um, mime there. Brilliant. That was pretty brilliant. And definitely your first on the Coffee at 11 show. <laughs> Something you said earlier, uh, which just I thought was fabulous, education eradicates poverty. Yeah. And I think everybody here in the cafe feels the same. And we were talking about this recently in one of our other forums. We we're talking about a hundred year work. Education is a hundred year work. If we can educate a child to think differently and better and for themselves, they then will go on and teach their children the same and their grandchildren and their great grandchildren and all the rest. That's a hundred year work. So we're with you on that. Me book. I love that. Don't want to give up me book. Oh, yeah. Uh, pretty brilliant. But the one thing that's jumping off the, off the screen here at me, D, is your servant's heart. Right. And I, you know, I, I'd invite a bull bus for that one. I just think you're absolutely the quintessential servant to the universe. And you're sort of saying, here I am. And even the read said, there, there, there. Yeah. Just truly beautiful, truly beautiful stuff. Um, I, I, don't, I don't want to rush it through, so I want you to take the pace, but we have to talk about Oprah and why she hasn't met you yet. That's just crazy. I know. And, you know, I was thinking about that today and I have the answer. And I don't even know if it's the answer, but I, read, I have read probably more self-help books than you've all put together, right? That I know. And not only do I read the book, I read questions on the book. I read you know I just don't stop because I'm an innate searcher and next of all I meet Oprah on TV and I go how does she know that and I know so I I can't believe I meet Oprah so I'm dying to meet her but there's a common theme that comes between that when I was working with the young women in Tala I used to say to them when we were doing our graduation I'd say to them who would you like to have at your graduation and you can pick anyone and they'd be looking at me, you know, and, I, and they'd say, one of them said, Madonna. I said, hi, I was thinking, why would you pick Madonna? Do you know, thinking that she's, she's creative. I said, why Madonna? 
And she said, well, she's two kids for, she's two kids for two different fathers like me, right? So I just thought, I wouldn't have even thought of that. So I was thinking of the identification. And then when I moved to Kerry, I was working with women in farming and women parenting alone. And uh, I, we'd have a graduation and I'd say, who would you love if you could bring to the graduation, who would you bring? And they all said Oprah. And I remember saying, well, we'll write to her. And um, she'll come. And if you're to believe the law of attraction and all this sort of crack, it should happen because nobody loves Oprah like I love her. Like, and I know Marion befriend and all them and Shida, who I'd like to talk about, would, wouldn't have an interest really. And not in a bad way, that's just their thing. But I loved her because I like her language and I like it's accessible. And self-help books gave me language and words that I didn't have before. So it, it actually reparented me and it, 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 brought, it made me feel just more connected. And so I said I'd write to her. So I wrote and I was convinced because I'd be very good. I, I, that's one thing I know I'm a good, I'm very good at writing letters and stuff. And I was convinced. So I then would start practicing what we were going to do when she came and we were going to get our nails done. We we're going to, and I had even, um, I had Fiona O'Callaghan. She runs uh, the Cliff House Hotel. I didn't even tell her this, but I told her in my head, she's organizing the chairs on the beach and she puts white cloth over them. And I have a fella who does art. Pixie does sand art. I have him, well, we're going to have a countdown. 10 more days for Oprah, nine more. So it has to happen. Well, according to, if you read all the stuff, according to neuroscience, or maybe there's a part of me that doesn't feel she deserves it. Ooh, that's when the fun begins. So I started to write this monologue of, why, dear Oprah, you know, what's the story? You know, for God's sake, why? And I do all this. And then, so I finished that and then I go, go a bit deeper because they say if you know why you want to create something, if you know the why, you're 50% chance of it happening. Now, when I say they, I'm looking at Marion because who's the royal day? Everything has to be, have empirical evidence. So I'm very lucky to have people in my life that, kind of ground me. I don't like it at the time, but I get over myself. So I wrote then the second monologue of, yeah, well, you never even answered me. And, you know, so it, it was the rejection. And then the third monologue, I had a dream. And this is true. I had a dream. I'm not going to tell you what the dream was because that's the crux of the show. And then the fourth one, I kind of got over myself. I was, I said to Colm, I was like flat lemonade, you know, flat lemonade, it, it does you, but it's not great. So it's a bit like that on the fourth monologue. And then the fifth monologue, I says, do you know what? I'll save you all the trouble because I, I can tell you any TED talk that you want to know for change. I know Alistair Horncraft, Steve Masson. I know, um, uh, what's her name? Alison Ledgerwood. You, you know, I know them all. And I have my son, are they robust? Check that out, have it all. So I'm going to give you, I'll give you a 10 minute, very quick TED talk on what to do to get your, to get your life together. That's, and then the, and then the, that, that's the fourth one. And then the fifth one, I kind of then share and what I've gleaned. And then the sixth one, I hope you're walking out on a high. And in it all, that's where the Oprah story came from. 
But do you know where I got my best learning about the Oprah story was? I, I get asked to talk at different things, the women in business, or somebody might say, Dee, will you get up? And I get up and I'd say, do you know, I wrote to Oprah and they'd all laugh and then say, now she didn't answer me yet, I'd say, right? And I'd meet people around the town, they'd say, and, and they usually, I usually got two responses and they'd say, do your gas. You really made me laugh, you know, like, you know, I'd never stop laughing and I'd go and I'd be delighted with myself. And then I might meet someone else and they'd say, you never met Oprah yet. That must be about five years, right? And I'd, I'd go, no, that's, I want to just tell you, and I'd react like, yeah, well, um, you know, well, she might, you know, she's very busy and she's doing her 20, 20. I'd be defensive. And then the then what I learned about myself was when I answer somebody else and say you never met Oprah yet Jesus <laughs> it's that you're you're not much of an advertisement I'd say I know but isn't it gas we're having the crack and what I realised was how I respond is reflecting on the level at which she's going to come and uh, Eilish you're the crack um and so. I know I'm going to meet her. It's just happening. And you know that this talk today, this is the truth, Colin. My ma was so upset, as in she's so proud of me. She cried. She couldn't chat. My sister had to take her for a walk. I said, ma, you want to get your act together when I meet Oprah? Because it's you have to get through this, ma, because it's just going to happen. She said, you're so good. And I'm so proud of you. And when I was walking up and down the road here in the cul-de-sac this morning and I had my stick with me, I said to myself, this is as good as meeting Oprah, meeting everybody. So I have met her, if you get my drift. So that's kind of, that's where that came from. And do you know what? Isn't it great just to have a bit of crack? Like, who is your Oprah? Do you know, like, it's, it's. It's just great to have it, you know? Yeah, it's just, it, it, it is wonderful. And come here, all this is is practice for the big game. Right? Yeah. Yeah, so well done. And we're delighted to have you here. And you're welcome to come and practice with us anytime. Truly beautiful. You, you've, you've a great way with words and stories and pictures, you know? You, yeah, it's not right. Th thanks indeed, Anne. Your sister there, Anne, leading the charge there. Um, I loved what you said earlier about the Kerry people. They, they'd forgotten about the beauty around them. They were looking at the sea. That They'd, they'd stopped seeing the sea. And here was this mad one down from Dublin and uh, going in. Uh, Reparented, re you said, I got reparented through self-help books. And again, we were talking about this in Wigwam during the week. It's so important to replenish. Yeah. And we can't keep just giving and giving and giving and giving. We end up like wet rags and useless to anybody. Poyumph, that's a, a name in Smithism, Poyumph. Put on your own oxygen mask first and we all need to live it. So I love the fact that you identified all that stuff, uh, Dee, and that you, uh, you realized that you needed to be replenished and uh, you mm -hmm. went on about it. The other thing you said, um, that, that, that sort of the committee a day, you know, and uh, I came across this phrase years ago, which might be useful to you. Day is you. Day is you. If you ever find yourself saying, do you know what they should do? You know what I would do if I was them? Right? If you ever hear yourself saying that, folks, let me tell you here and now, that's the universe saying, get off your ass. Get off your ass and do something about it yourself. Never say they should if you're not prepared to do it yourself. 
So, Jay, thank you for allowing me that mini rant on the coffee level show. Right, come here. Fascinating stuff. And then the universe dragged you back to, um, to, to the cul-de-sac. And I know it was difficult circumstances. Would you mind bringing us back there? So it was the 14th of March. And we got, you know, when you get that call, it was very late at night. And it does happen at night where my dad had had a fall two weeks previously and he was in hospital. So my sister, Biddy, she's just had to come in on there. She rang and said, it's the time. And do you know what I did when I got the call? I have it in my book, but I have to tell you, I start cleaning the kitchen, like at two in the morning, cleaning the kitchen. And it was like, as if I left myself and I was trying to be really good, you know, and present. And when I got to, I got to, I got to tell a hospital around six o'clock and um, we got um, 12 hours with them, the five, his five kids and, 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 and my mom, and we sang and I did him a monologue of, of the, of the, of my show. Cause that was, he didn't know about that. And my brother sang um, Nellie Bly. My, my, my family are very good singers and musicians and stuff. And um, we got to say goodbye. And it was COVID. And I don't mean this. It was just the, the eve of COVID. But you know what? It kind of suited my father. My father didn't, he wasn't really great with people. Do you know, he was very inept kind of socially. And his disposition was kind of cranky. The opposite to, the opposite to my mom. You'd, you'd know why you're pulled together. And... Do you know what it ended? He brought us in his, even though he would have been, he would have been, he would have had a difficult incarnation himself. He was very, very talented. Um, played 10 different instruments, self-taught, a, a, a wonderful orator. I actually found a poem he had written for me seven years ago in here. I didn't, he never gave it to me and I found it. Um, so, uh, yeah, I ended up. Um, going to the funeral and you know organizing it among ourselves and nobody could go but we were allowed to bring the, the car up here to the to the cul-de-sac and and people came out and and it was really nice and I then got locked in the 20 you know the way they extended it to 29th of March and then they extended it to and it went on and on and on but as a result it was like something in me got a chance to heal and be freed and the walls started to talk to me and I don't and I, I don't drink so it's not DTs or anything like that. But I, I, I could I could actually I was like I could hear I could hear little me and I met little me and little me was grand. And I had this wonderful happening and I write I started to write every day. Barbara's there every day at five o'clock I wrote. So I ended up doing 40 chapters of the whole of, and I met Nadia, who, if any is want to do a course called Free My Mojo, but it should come with a government warning because you get away with nothing. I said I wanted to write a book. She said, you know, the only thing that's stopping you write a book. Well, I was waiting. She said, you're, you're in your story. And that night I start, I did a thousand words a day not a bother so now I'm editing it and I'm on to my second one and I'm on to a show I'm on to a just 
fantastic. And I met and 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 from from being here and being stopped. When I stopped, I came home. And I realized that I was living up here and my home is actually here. And I said it to Colm, and I think it's a great analogy. I came with an overnight bag. That's all I had. Do you know, I have more clothes than anyone. Everyone just keeps giving me stuff. I have state-of-the-art speakers. I have top-of-the-range runners. They're all buying me stuff. Now, I'd say they're buying me stuff to keep me here so I won't go, but they're just so kind. But everything I needed came. There was nothing that I, nothing that I want. Every, and I'm talking about my community. I, I had a group called Magic Monday. Every Monday we'd come on, we did this group, and James was, had the steps gatekeepers meeting, um, independent parent group. I'm just looking down there. I have to just name. There's a girl down there. Her name is Jules, and she spells it J-U-L-E-S. But you know the way she should spell it, J-E-W-E-L-S. There is nothing, nothing that she wouldn't do for you in relation to... Um, she said, D, you said that last night. I'm going to put that on a photograph for you. And I'm going to, she's the same with Nadia, just beyond kind, all, all our all our crew. And they were called a lone parent group and they named them. They're an independent parent group and they have absolutely changed my life and my mother's life. My ma had to buy 10, 10 selection boxes for their kids for, for Christmas. I had to bring them down to them. That's how much she loves them. And they one of the one of the women sings on Facebook. I swear to God, you couldn't write you you uh, uh, you couldn't write what's after happening to me. So she sings at our kitchen table like this, right? And beautiful singer. She's in our group. Eileen is her name. And when she heard Betty was a bit low because she was to get her cataracts done, she was really upset because for my mom, if she's getting something done, she has to. It's planned and then she's thrown. Like she's 80, 82 now, and she's had a lot happen to her. And I was telling. Um, the group, you know, they always say, how's Betty? And I'd say, ah, she's a bit low. Next of all, what does Eileen do? Somewhere in Dublin for Granny Betty and sings it to her. I was telling Tom, he's there, he's a journalist with the Kerry's Eye. I said, Tom, you've no idea. He said, oh, dude, that's a great story. He said, could we, we need, we all need to lift each other. So next of all, there's a journalist calling to Eileen's house. She's getting a picture of herself and her lovely son. And not only that, it's in the feckin' paper, like the Kerry's eye. And Betty's mentioned. I said, Betty, you're in the... I can't even find the paper. I said, Betty, you're in the paper. Like, I mean, it's just... I'd be afraid... I'd just say... To, I'd be afraid of that. I'd love a sew... I'd love a washing machine. I'd have to move out of the way in case it falls. It just keeps coming in. I was just... Uh, that's exactly what I was thinking. Uh, you are actually the epitome, the embodiment of the law of attraction. Embodiment of it. Simple as, you're living the secret every single day. The one thing that struck me in that last part was you simply let go. You arrived to Dublin under difficult circumstances, and we're sorry for the loss of your dad, but you arrived under difficult circumstances with, with an overnight bag, and you're still there uh, almost a year later, and, uh, and loving life, and having refound. I loved that you found little D again, and yeah. little D is all right. He's She's cool. proud. She's good. Happy days. Come here. Um, we need to get to the favourite part of the show or there'll be murder in a few minutes, right? Most people's favourite part of the show, which is the Princess Shelley bit. But we go there in just a minute. Three quick things, and these need to be quick if you don't mind, D. Um, one is TEDx. Talk to us about TEDx and then I'm going to come back and ask you two quick questions and then we pass over to Shell. TEDx was a dream that I always wanted to do. I had it written down in my diary for this year. 
I had never met Janie Lazar. I had never met you and it happened. And it wouldn't have happened only for Barbara there because I didn't know how to put all the stuff. It was 18 pages, like no thanks. I couldn't put all the stuff in and I'd given up. And Barbara said, you're going on that TED talk. And at one o'clock in the morning, she got on and we, and we, and we got it in somehow. But you know what as well? And I really mean this. We are who we're looking for, do you know? And um, Nadia says, what you're looking for is looking for you, you know? Uh, I think it's Rumi or one of them, but we are who are looking for. Everything I need is in here, but I have to stop because I, I and I have to mention this and I don't want to break rules, but a good friend of mine passed away. Her name was Shida Janjua and she died on the 29th of March. And she, I can hear her voice and our women's resource center. And this isn't, a, it, it was closed wrongly uh, and we've we and I was distraught that it was closed 2700 women and they closed it no conversation with anybody interly and Shida and a few of us got together and we marched and we, and we have it back and then Shida passed away in March my dad passed away Rita on the committee her father passed away Beck on the committee her father passed away Marion on the committee and we've six people and do you know what we have six volunteers or seven volunteers. The centre through COVID opens three days a week from 10 until two on a phone line. And they're all volunteers. They did their COVID te um, testing and policies and everything. And you know that two weeks ago, I got a call off a woman because I give me phone number. I, I never say no to no one. And she said to me, somebody gave me your number. I'm struggling and I need help. And I said to her, can you get yourself a cup of tea and sit down? And I'm going to get somebody to ring you. It was 10 to 2 and it was a Wednesday. And Marion in the, in the committee, I said, Mara, I have a woman. Can you? And, and she just did it. And next of all, at 3 o'clock, I get a thumb up on my phone. And I hear Shida's voice because you know what Shida says? Because funding went and there was no point in fighting agencies and all, like nuts. But here's Shida said, D, trust women. Once you put women together, they'll sort it. And I just heard her voice because it's it's starting to work and it's starting to go. And all I all I and really why I wanted to come on and say if there's anybody that for a cup of coffee a month, 10 euro, five euro, 10 euro, whatever a month, if I have a hundred people. I can keep, not I, we can keep the centre open. We can rent, because see, we're, we've COVID, we can't fundraise. But that's all I need. So I, I, if that's rude of me, I'm okay with that. Dee, that is not rude of you uh, in the slightest. That's just Phoenix so. Women's Resource Centre. I love you, and I love you, Shida. Trust yeah. women. And, and we love Shida. And do you know what? I think she's right. I think women, we're not going to get into this debate now. We'll be here for a week. Uh, but I think women are uh, so under valued in society by by society in general but we, ha we haven't got time to get into it uh they are definitely the stronger sex put up with so much and come through so much and uh so you know if we can help that in any way uh call, call out the, the name there and Eamon will find the, the the link there and we'll start some some form of donation for you yeah the phoenix women center and it's info at phoenix 
womencenter.ie. I'll send you all anything anyway. Happy days. Noel, you don't know this, but you're going to organise us um, a, a really posh art exhibition. You didn't, you didn't even know that, but that's in my head for ages. There you go, Noel. Welcome to the club. Come here. Um, Nadia, by the way, who you've been talking about there, and I had a really fascinating chat the other day, and the, the quote that you mentioned about to do with Rumi is, that which you are seeking is seeking you by Rumi and Nadia threw that one at me the other day. And lads and ladies, we are all uh, sub subjects to that one. So that which you are seeking is seeking you. Just turn up, let go as DQ has demonstrated to us. In, in your life, do you just let go. Let go and let God and it's all happening. And it's just wonderful. Truly lovely to watch. Right, two quick questions, right? And then we're going over to Shelley. First question is, what are you taking with you from COVID? Are you asking me that? Sorry, I was getting so excited reading all the stuff. I think I'm in Oprah's gaff. Um, what am I taking from COVID? COVID is to be slower, to be kinder, and to give people time. Yeah. Bula bus, bula bus. Slower, kinder, and give people time. Beautiful. And then, you know there are people out there struggling. Uh, we, we, we had the chat earlier in the week. Most of us, I'll, I'll proffer to the group here, are blessed in COVID. We find ourselves, we're able to cope. We've got good people around us. We're being replenished. We're re replenishing others. <clears throat> so Dee, what would you say to somebody who's struggling? What piece of advice would you give? If they could only do one thing to cope with what's coming down the track, what would you say? Do you know where I got this one from? Eden Hawke was being interviewed on Brendan O'Connor last week and he was talking about his daughter. And his daughter's an actress or something and Brendan O'Connor was saying to him, he said, are you worried about her being an actress? Do you know, in that world of, you know, it's kind of a little bit precarious and it can be difficult. He said, no, he said, she's into everything. She's into writing, she's into music. And he said, and he said this, if you've got heart... No one can stop you. And I thought it was gorgeous. And I'm saying to you, if you have heart, and we all have a heart. I live here sometimes, but my home is in here. And no one can take that from you. So if you have heart, no one can stop you. Truly beautiful. Thank you, Christina there in Geneva, kicking off the, the, Bula, the Bula bus. All right. Stay where you are, DQ. Over to Princess Shelley, please. I'm having to uh, take deep breaths there when you're you're saying we're going to go to Princess Shelley. I'm like, okay, okay, I can do this because I'm telling you something. And Katrina said it halfway through there, uh, maybe 20 minutes ago. She said, rain in them tears, Princess Shelley. And I was like, I know, I'm totally gone. Dee, you are the most, in like, incredible is the word. I was just listening. I was like, this woman is quintessentially incredible. Like we should have a series. You could actually have like a series. We don't want to stop listening to you. 
you're amazing. You can hear my voice. I'm going to get on with this. So we have at the start of the this morning's show, everybody, we had the usual, just like a real fleshy cafe. It's like, good morning, everyone. And Karen O'Donnell, lovely to meet you all. Great that you're here, Karen. Um, Seamus, good morning, everyone from the real capital. He always has to get a little dig in there from Cork. I'm with you all the way on that, Seamus. Noelle McAlinden, greetings from Enniskillen. So it's just everybody as they're filing, single file into the cafe this morning. So fabulous to have so many of you here. Then you kicked off, Dee, with your story about this wonderful tree and where you're from and everything. And Anna Breen said, we had a tree too. She said, with a big hole and a stone where we sat and waited for a lot of things. We didn't have streets, we had fields. Isn't that a lovely picture, Dee, isn't it? Mm. And then you said about it being joyful and Seamus said, joyful really sums it up. And then we had Super Cooper with, is in the cafe. We hadn't met him before. Um, and he said, it's actually Ken Cooper from now and then invited by Biddy. And also he's in ghost hairs in the Civic Cantala with Veronica Coburn. And he said, what you're speaking about was the foundation of our show in 2019 come in when the lights go on and it's Ken Cooper. So he was just, he was really relating. And this is it with everybody. I've seen so many people de nodding and, and like so engrossed in what you're saying. And I think that's what Ken or AKA Super Cooper is telling us. Um, Sarah Ward was enjoying the chat and really looking forward to the, the playback, um, which will go out next week. Noelle said precious words when you had said about, um, your blessed life, you know, she said life, guardian, education, this, you were, you were bringing us on this journey of with the move and everything. And it was just so, so beautiful. I took a good few notes here. You know, you said when you make a decision, the universe conspires to support you. And that's when Dee was saying, um, when Noelle was saying precious, she said, uh, you had said about the traditional educational route. And Noelle agreed and said it can stunt your growth and development, creative and learning, lifelong love. Thank you. And I knew then when you were talking about the universe, I thought, oh, Eamon will have to offer. This is his sweet spot, his bliss. This is the song he sings forever. And sure enough, Eamon popped in um, quite reliably. It's a fact. Commit 100% and the universe changes walls into doors. So I knew that he would have to... Um, He'd have to offer in something there. And sure enough, he did. And then Katrina said, you had said about these amazing people. And I wrote it down. You said, I just kept meeting the most amazing people. And I thought to myself, you really did, you know? And isn't it, that's what, isn't that what makes our life so wonderful? It's not the size of the house or the car we're driving. It's the amazing people we meet along the way. And look at us all here in the cafe surrounded by amazing people. And you had such feeling in it. And Katrina then, our boss lady, she says, these amazing people are being brought to you, she said. And then Seamus said, amazing people are attracted to amazing people, Dee. So everyone all agreeing, you know, all this love. You're rolling your eyes, Dee. But no, I'm delighted. <laughs> so yeah. then... Um, Super Cooper, Ken popped in again and said, um, and Kosan, I think we mentioned it actually a couple of weeks ago in the cafe, didn't we, Dee? Um, I think you had mentioned it. And so many organisations in town that are so good, but still don't get enough support. He said, Tala's loss was Kerry's gain. You're an inspiration. Ah, thank you. Isn't that lovely? Mm -hmm. 
And then Anne, um, I wasn't sure when she first popped in the, the note, um, was it was it like a, a relation sister or was it the uh, like a metaphorical sister? But I see now as she was talking that it is actually, as you think you said skin and blister, was it? Or, uh, you're, you're one of your sisters. And Anne says, you're an inspiration to everyone, Dee, and everyone you meet. I'm so proud of you and all you do. I'm so proud that you're my sister. Isn't that scrumptious? Yeah. Love, like the absolute love. I think one of your other sisters popped in a little bit later. Um, I'm going to have to skip a few. Um, there's so many lovely comments. Please don't take it personally. Noelle says, please, Dee, how, um, how lucky Oprah would be to meet you. Eamon really liked the love it. Flat lemonade does you like, but it's not great. And everybody was laughing in the cafe, Dee. You just have us all. Just Eilish or Carol, great to have you here in the cafe, Eilish. Eilish said, I could listen to Dee all day. And I think we all agree with that. I can see all the nodding in the cafe. Um, Eilish could listen to you. That's when Katrina said, Shelly, wipe away those tears. Um, so, so yeah. So I'm skipping down through some of these. Ma- Marion Relahan says, Dee, you're fantastic. So glad you are my friend. Kiss, kiss. Isn't that lovely, Dee? Um, Bridget Kelly, a true storyteller, D, my big sister. That's your that's another one of your sisters. Eamon popped in your links. Helen Merrigan, who's you've been in the cafe before, Helen. It's great to have you here. Helen says, and you know, I love the way she said it. I love that you are so accessibly inspirational, D. And I love the way she put the word accessibly because there's a lot of inspirational people out there, D, and there's a lot of inspirational content we can see. But you are accessibly inspirational. I think that levels you up a little bit. That makes you a little bit special because this is the, I've only known you through the Coffee at 11 show and you are wholly accessibly inspirational. And I think that makes you a, a, like even more, even better than inspiration. It really is. So um, Noelle says, little D, precious diamond. That's when we said again, that's when I started, the tears started falling again when you went home and and little D was there and she was all right. Oh, good luck. I said I was gone. Um, so yeah, Barbara D, you are the best. You're outstanding. So much love. Katrina, who is like technically so advanced, she somehow manages to put all this into a document and emails it to you, D. So I wouldn't have a clue how to do it. I'm a bit of a dinosaur but you will get this in your inbox day so you'll hear all this um Eamon had said the night of Sharon I'm the mirror because you had said I had written down here um you know you said you had a different kind of intelligence I loved that when you said that because there's not enough out there of people to appreciate the different kinds of intelligence and you had said that you had created exactly what you wanted to run away from and that you had a PhD in mistakes so many things we can all relate to but you had said that you are the thing you're looking for and that's when Eamon said the knight in shining armor Nadia said let go or be dragged um, Colette said you're making me cry talking about Shadia Apologies if I'm if I'm pronouncing that wrong. Um, Jules, you're brilliant. Your story is amazing. So yeah, as I have a little thing at the bottom that says 16 new messages. So this is since I got to the bottom. So I'm just not going to get to it. Um, so fantastic to hear you again, Dee, is what Leanne O'Brien says. You're a superwoman. Um, and Seamus says he thought he was in Oprah's gaff. <laughs> So listen, um, Noel D, you're ma- you're the magnet. It's no coincidence. So many amazing comments. I'm so so sorry that I can't get to them all. I don't even think I have time for a question, but it would be a shame not to. I'm going to try and straddle the two pages if I can. But the first person to raise their hand can ask D a question direct. Do I see, I see uh, Noel McAlinden? Straight yeah. oh, I'm going to jump in there if I can be cheeky. You know, while you're there, just you know, Shelley didn't get to it yet, guys. I put a link in the chat 
to donate. The GoFundMe link for the Phoenix Centre is in the chat. All the links are in there to uh, go ahead and donate. Back to you, lads. Eamon, thank you. Brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. Uh, Noelle McAlinden, lovely to see you. Come on in. Thank you. Honest, honest to God. I like Michelle, I am blurting all through this and I've filled pages and pages of notes. The, I, the last wee thing I put in was a day light full because you fill us with light and hope and everything. Honest to God. Um, the other thing I was going to say to you is you see your, your show that you're going to do, just do it on Facebook. You know, do it, don't wait until after COVID. You have an audience of millions waiting for you to hear you and any help at all north or south east or west i'm telling you go global so that so that oprah checks in with you 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 are a sensation don't wait until covid and the other thing i want to say is to thank again column and the team this is nourishment for all of us my company is trees it's the only company i have at the minute and it is a salve and it's a source and thank you so much thanks a million Thank you, Noel. So great to have. And that's what we mean, ladies and gentlemen, is the cafe is all about the people that come. And like, it's so lovely to have you, Noel, Noel and sharing that wisdom. And I couldn't agree more. I want to see you. I want to see you perform that, Dee, because I would, could watch it over and over again. Wonderful, Dee. Fantastic to see you uh, having such a, a big audience. And there's a bigger, bigger one waiting for you. I think that's a great idea. To do to do your play online because um, if if I, I I mean this is my first hello everybody this is my first um, visit to the cafe um, and uh, Dee and I have travelled in on, on so many levels as she'd say herself <laughs> so many different levels she gave me language I hadn't heard of before and sometimes I'm not so sure but of what she's saying but I go with it anyway. Um, <laughs> But anyway, I didn't think that's a great idea about your play. And it was just so, such a privilege to hear you. And, um, you know, I'm looking forward to coming back to Kerry, though. Don't know. forget, you know, you, you said that Kerry is your home. I know. Get back here. Oh, yeah. Soon. Um, Lots of love, Dee. Thanks, Marion. Bye, thanks. honey. I got to go. Thanks, Marion. Lovely yeah. to see you. Dee, um, you blow me away, girl. Right, you absolutely blow me away. And I think we've known each other about 20 years. And we've shared quite a few stories. But, you know, there is, uh, there's never enough time for you because you've so much to say. And I'm going, no, I want to hear more about her early days. I want to hear more about Kerry. I want to hear. So, so you've got to do your show. You just have to do your show. In fact, you can't just do one show, right? you have to do about half a dozen shows, right? So do a series of shows, right? Mm. And I just, um, you actually, I feel very, very emotional having listened to you again this morning. And I find you extremely inspiring. And it's just lovely to see you blossom. I love you, Eilish, thank you. I love you too, darling. Thank you. Hello from the from the Women's Centre. Ah, how is it going? <laughs> Rita, I love you. We did it. Oh, brilliant. <laughs> We've been getting the rent paid somehow, Rita. <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> but, um, no, just to say, I suppose I was struck. Wayne, Wayne Dyer says, don't die with your music still in you. And I suppose that's one thing that you have... 
I think motivated an awful lot of women, particularly, to find their music, and and personally for me as well. I think definitely when I met you ten years ago, um, I think you helped me to find my music. So I'm very grateful for that. Rita, thank you. Thank you. That's gorgeous. Thank you. That's one of the stalwarts that's keeping the centre open through COVID. <laughs> and, top, and, her, and she lost her dad and she has a son who's 20, you know, who's auti like autism. Like it's not, it's not as if it's even easy. Like ninja women. <laughs> <laughs> Love you, Rita. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Is it Rita? Yeah. Rita, lovely to meet you and thank you for that. Um, but I just want to comment, if I may, it, isn't it oftentimes, perhaps always, people who have got challenges in their lives who are the ones who give back? Yeah. Oftentimes. Yeah. Uh, th those with fewer challenges oftentimes have no time. How could I possibly? Yeah. So, Rita, God bless. Dee, this is Colette here. I just want to say thank you. Um, You've helped us, you know, you know me for nine years and you are nearly a second mother to my girls. And I just want to say thank you and thank you from all of us in the independent parent group. You, you give us everything and we just couldn't say enough to say thank you. Colette, thank you. And so I mean that from the bottom of my heart. Thank you and love to Zara and Helen too. They have a great mom. Can I just tell you what, what Colette's daughter said when I met? She was six at the time. They're about, they're 12 and 13 now. And the little one is sitting in the back of the car. She's six. And I'm after bringing her on a march to Dublin. Their clothes and all the, all the, uh, Phil Hogan is clothes and all the, um, the partnerships. And the little one's in the back of the car. And she says, um, Mommy, can women be bosses too? Oh, wow. <laughs> she was six. She's 13 now. Let thanks. Um, that means a lot that you came on. I really appreciate that. Thank you. Just thanks, Dee, from all of us. I know that from everybody. While I have a chance, I want to say, Dee, you're a tonic. Donna, thank you. That's my, that's, uh, in four words, that's the best I can do. I love your, some of your language is amazing. Insatiable. Very few people use that word at all. And, and you use the word innate searcher. You're one of the best examples of being in the flow. The, the spontaneity and the flow and the, the absence of, the absence of being, of being rehearsed, edited, the absence of caution, just the flow that is so natural and spontaneous. That's that's why I say well that among other reasons is this is the reason why I say that you're a tonic. Donald, thank you. That means a lot. And um, you heard me the first time I spoke and sent me a most beautiful message. I I think you're like um, uh, you know, you remind me kind of like of, you know, Brother Ambrose or something that was in in the Skellix and you were in a beehive and you came out with this with these kind of just cones, you know, nuggets for you to kind of sit with. By the way, I, I knew I knew John O'Donoghue and I knew uh, Pat Moore as well. Oh, sure, I loved him. And Pat Moore, Pat Moore was the priest in, the, in my local parish in Kerry for quite a number of years. Yeah. I, I was at his book launch. 
Yeah, so was I. You know, not long before he died. Yeah. It was one of the biggest book launches I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. The place was thronged. Yeah. And I feature in his book. He wrote about. I'm in one of the. I'm in one of the. I'm in one of the stories. Mm. It's a privilege. I say that not. It would. It's just a privilege to. Anyway. Dee, you have been such um, a joy to have in my life recently. Um, the last year, I can't tell you what a difference you've made. What a difference you. <sighs> You, you make to everyone you meet. And I just think you really, none of us have any idea of the impact that you are going to be making. I just think everything that's happened in the last year is building to something bigger because you have such a gift to share. Such a gift to share. I can't put it any, in, any, in any uh, better words than that. I just think we are so... So fortunate to have met you um, through the, you know, what everyone's doing on mm -hmm. Column, my word. Uh, Column, you've brought people together who made connections through just following their instinct. Um, sorry, I'm walking around here to try and keep a, a signal. Uh, it's all about making heartfelt connections. And Dee, you have that in abundance. Thank you. Love you heaps. Michelle, back to you, because I could talk about D. No, yeah, that's it. Thank you, Janie. <laughs> um, just before I hand back, it's great to have Tom Dillon here. I was seeing the smiling and engagement at the cafe. Great to have you here, Tom. Tom said, Ballybunion is by the sea and people stopped seeing the sea. And I thought it was lovely the way you, you captured us with that, D, you know. And she said, D, you wake us all up to what is in us all, a legend and so proud to be counted among your friends. Isn't that amazing, Dee? Isn't that lovely? Tom, thank you for popping in that comment. I sincerely apologise, one, for the comments I missed, and two, for the quivering, quivering voice that just won't stay with me today. Dee, that is wholly your fault. <laughs> fabulous, fabulous interview. Thank you for gifting us all your time um, this morning to chat with Cullum. And at that point, I'll hang you back over to uh, Mr. Brian and um, Shelley over and out. <laughs> Thanks. And Shelley can get the Kleenex out now. Job done, job done. She made it to the finish line. Happy days, lovely. And folks, uh, we did, it started off as a joke that this is uh, many people's favorite part of the show. And then eventually I had to give in because it actually is my favorite part of the show too. Because, <laughs> well, it's so true because uh, because myself and my guest, in this case, the wonderful DQ, uh, having the chat, right? And so I'm, I'm doing my best to stay focused on that, right? And there's all this wonderful chatter going on in the cafe. As Shelley said, it's like a real fleshy cafe, right? Real people in saying, how's it going? Good to see you and whatever. Uh, it's just wonderful. So to get to hear that is just great. And yes, uh, Eamon, thanks for that little intervention there. Please feel free to download the chat there, ladies and gentlemen. And Dee, we will send it to you. No need to do that because you're our special guest today. And uh, Oprah doesn't know what she's missing. Um, I also agree with uh, Noel there. You need to do this. Uh, you need to do your, your piece now or sooner rather than later, I am chairman of the Lime Tree Theatre in Limerick with the Bell Table Arts Club, uh, Arts Hub, I should say. So I'd love to connect you with the people there. They might be able to help you make that a reality. Really? Uh, can't make a promise on their behalf, but I'll connect you happily. 
Um, folks, I don't know what to say because there's nothing else to say, right? Except there's too much to say. We could be here all day. Um, so just allow me to bring this to a close, if I may. Uh, I want to thank Princess Shelley for producing today's show. Heart emoji one and all. I want to thank Eamon Smith, AK the Monk, for uh, keeping us safe and sound and secure. The resident pup himself, Mr. Tim Kelly, for deputizing and keeping an eye on the back door there and the toilets, make sure nobody snuck in. Thanks for that, uh, Timo. And of course, Katrina O'Brien, who will make this all beautiful and uh, get it ready for dissemination to an audience that exceeded 4.8 million last Sunday. We're heading for 5 million. I reckon we get to the 5 million with UD globally. And, uh, and as somebody said, we're quite sure Oprah is in there somewhere. Right, so yeah. <laughs> She's just waiting for you. Uh, though, what, what was it that uh, Nadia said, that Rumi said? Um, what you were seeking is seeking you, yeah. That's, that's what you were seeking is seeking you. So, ladies and gentlemen, it's been an absolute pleasure having you all here in our cafe. I was just thinking uh, we started this little over a year ago when COVID hit, around the time that Dee was heading back with her overnight case. And uh, we started this thing uh, called the Coffee at Eleven Show, and there were six of us in the cafe, right? And, and the, my first guest was a friend of mine, an absolute victim. No idea what we were doing, right? And, uh, but he came in, and magic has been created ever since, uh, all because of you guys coming here. So thank you for that. So thank you one and all. And in particular, DQ, you get the last word. DQ, namaste. Thank you. Thank you, everybody. What a gift. What a gift. Thank you.